0: Good morning, my mamas. Well, good morning for me. I am up early. I'm recording this. I feel like I still have that deep voice going on. Anyway, I hope that you are loving this conversation with Alicia because we've got more for you. <laughs> Today is part two and we're really just gonna knock out realistic expectations of what breastfeeding is really like in those early days and what it's like as a first-time mom in this journey of motherhood. And we'll also talk a little bit about preparation for you, but that episode is going to come towards the end of our breastfeeding series. So stay tuned for that. All right, here's Alicia.
1: You know, I think our expectations of what is realistic are really skewed, especially when we are first-time moms you know, I think the world wants us to like, have your baby, I feel like it should be a commercial, have your baby today. And in two days, you're going to have a perfectly clean house and you're going to be dressed like a movie star. And your baby's going to be like over here in the pram sleeping for hours and hours. That is not real, you know? And, and I think that we do moms such a disservice when we, we let them think that, or for a long time, like, When I first started, it was in breastfeeding. We don't talk about how hard breastfeeding is because then moms won't want to do it. But then when it's hard, they think that there's something wrong with them or the way that they're doing it or what's wrong with me. I'm not a good mom because I can't figure out this breastfeeding thing. And that breaks my heart and just like makes me so sad. Agreed. You know, and so we need to set these expectations that are realistic. Okay. What's really going to look like is your baby's going to eat nonstop. They're only going to want to sleep on you. You're hardly ever going to have to get a bathroom break. It's going to be really hard to get enough calories because you're nursing and hardly get up off the couch. Your husband or a partner might come home and say, um, what'd you do all day today? Because the house looks worse than, and he would might not say the house looks worse than I when I left, but that's what he's implying. And you can just point at the pile of diapers that your baby made and say, that's what I did. And you're lucky if you get a shower. Yeah. That's, that's, that's realistic. And that's probably realistic for at least the first week or first couple of weeks. It depends on who you have, if you have support, you know, and I think that that's another thing you need to start thinking about who am I going to have help me? I don't care whether it's your first baby or your fifth baby or whatever, because, you know, we are tribal people. Okay, like we are meant to be in a tribe. We are not meant to be doing this alone. We are not, okay, I'm going back hundreds of years. Like I said, that's my thing. Um, But we're not meant to do that. You know, in other cultures, some moms don't leave their room for a month, you know, and they have somebody helping to take care of them. And all they do is take care of the baby. We don't have that. So, you know, if people want to, it's so hard, I know, to accept help from other people. but. You need to, in your early pregnancy, you need to start thinking like, it's okay for people to help me. I am not weak or whatever because I'm accepting help. I'm actually pretty strong because I'm willing to say, I need, I would like help. Let people bring you meals. You know, if people say, hey, can I come over? It's not a, hey, can I come over? I'll hold the baby and you can go do the dishes and the laundry. Um, no, I'm going to take care of the baby. <laughs> You can do these things for me. Some people have um, gone so far as like to put a little list on their door, and so when people come in, they'll like make them pick a couple things. I mean, it's kind of nice because they yeah. could, if you get to do dishes, you could do the dishes for the mom or whatever, you know. Yeah. But um, and then maybe you can hold the baby. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I love that idea. You know, but we just really need to talk about what's realistic and. And and in those early weeks when we're struggling so much, and I say that because I think that that's realistic too. Like we're we're having a hard time. Most moms are probably having a hard time with breastfeeding. It's a new skill. Most of us, I mean, we've never done it before. How are you supposed to? Even if you've seen that model for you and you're really lucky in that way, you've never done it before. Your baby's never done it. You know, you don't walk into a job, a new job somewhere, and you know where everything is and you know all of what you're supposed to be doing. You have to have practice doing those things. And so every feeding is practice, you know, and usually the first feeding after birth is really pretty good for most babies. And then it usually kind of goes downhill from there for the first day or so. (sighs) I'm being real. Um, (laughs) but, but in some ways like that's such a tease, I think Yeah, because they're like, it was so good. And then like the baby sleeps too long or, you know, like they don't want to wake up, but you have to figure out what what positions and how to m- hold your breast and how to get the baby on there. It's different for every single person. Some moms can't even nurse in the same exact way from one side to the other because her nipple angle is a little bit different, or like you know maybe one side angles more down and one to the side. Your nipples are bigger on one side and little on the other, and the baby's like, "What's going on?" And like they have to figure it out too. And yeah. so we really need to remember that we just have to be patient with ourselves and patient with the baby, keep practicing, figure out if you only do one position, you don't know that there's another position that might work better for you. Yeah. You know, if you find something that's working. I say, maybe try to go ahead and keep doing that. But you know, if it's not really comfortable or it's not really working for you, try something new, you yeah. know, and then, okay, maybe the first day you have, one easy feeding. Okay. Now let's celebrate that. Yes, <laughs> you know, for sure. And then like in another day or two, you're going to have another, you know, if you can keep hanging in there and really working on practicing and have it, that that's the, what you're supposed to be doing. I think you're going to go a lot farther and it starts to kind of snowball because once the baby kind of finally gets the hang of it, you know, there will be this point where they're like, okay. What? And then you'll be like, wow. We went the whole day and we didn't struggle with latch at all, (laughs) you know? I mean, and so, so I think that's really, really important and we're becoming mothers. Okay. Like this is not just about breastfeeding. This is, I go from a human who can do whatever I want most of the time. And I have control over my body and I have control over what I'm doing to having this baby who needs everything taken care of for them. And then like, you're just being selfless and you're taking care of the baby and you're not really getting care for yourself unless you are are asking other people to come and help care for you so that you can care for your baby, right? So we have to really think about all this, plus all the healing that your body's doing after birth. I mean, like there is so much going on, you know? And so we really need to, to know that we need to be taking it slow. You know, I think that that's one of the great things about, that we can maybe take away from this time. And um, the pandemic is, you know, not having tons of people around when we, I mean, I understand we want to have family and friends, but not having tons of visitors, because if, if every time your baby starts to finally wake up and you want to practice breastfeeding and your father-in-law's right there, yeah, that doesn't really work very well, or other people are wanting to see the baby or see you or whatever. It's just, it just makes it even more hard and, you know, you can't rest. And I don't know. I just think that that's really important to think about the mother, the like the birth of the mother, you know, I have a friend who sends me a message on my kids' birthdays when she knows what they are and she'll say happy birthing day. Oh, I love I love that. You know, I just think it's so cool. You know, I think if you are being realistic, it's probably for most moms about three to four weeks before they finally get to this place where, they start feeling like breastfeeding is going really well most of the time and that they start to feel like they have a little bit more energy and you know babies can go a little bit longer maybe between feeding sometimes but I think that that's really important to just have that expectation for some moms it's a little it's longer and other times and I kind of want to go back to like letting other people help you when you don't let other people help you that want to help you. I love to help other people, but I don't really like to ask for help. (laughs) Um, But I'm much better about that because I realized that um, sometimes when people haven't let me help them, it made me sad. And I realized that I'm depriving other people of the joy of helping me when I do that. And so I want you guys to maybe take that away and say, like, do I really want to, you know, take that away from them? Because I think it's a lot harder to say no. When you think about it that way, I
0: think that's a really (laughs) good way of looking at that. Okay. So one of the things I want to kind of backstep to is the birthing of the mother and kind of that three to four weeks. I feel like of mothers who I've talked to and even moms who didn't have a supply issue or they were just becoming a mother and figuring things out and the baby figuring things out, no matter what, it does seem like pretty much any mother's story because a, your body's recovering, you're becoming a mother, you're exhausted. Yeah. Unless you got a nanny who's taking the baby away or something, you are going to be exhausted. And with this comes a new dynamic between potentially you and your partner.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: This is something that I never knew to expect. It was a feeling that I never felt this. And I don't know any other term and it's not, it's, it's, Really, truly, it's not justified, but let me just tell you that it's okay to feel this way. There is this sense of resentment a little bit that you might have for your partner because you are doing all this work. Your body is no longer your own. And even though you may love it a lot of the time, it's really, really hard a lot of the time. And then you look over at your husband or your partner, whatever, laying in bed which I love this term with their useless nipples. And you're like, what in the heck? And they're snoring and they're sleeping through everything. And then you're waking up and they're like all refreshed and you're exhausted. And that's not always how it is, right? Cameron was amazing. He was really supportive. He was tired too, but it's a different level of tired. (laughs)
1: I said, I was tired too.
0: Yeah. And Alicia, Alicia was, yeah. So I was lucky enough that Alicia was there with us and no, I just she meant. was that help. No, you're right. Anybody who's there and who is putting in the, the legwork and, and, and being there to help, but it is, and it's not a comfortable feeling and we don't know how to talk about it. And it's hard for us to, you know, we don't want to hurt their feelings. It's hard for us to say something that we know deep down is really not justified, but is also like, how do we make them understand how we're feeling? How do we make them understand exactly what this means? Because of course they're seeing it, but it's a whole, and especially if they're going off to work and then they're coming home, like,
1: it's just so hard. So (sighs) I love that you brought this up. I love that you brought this up. It's something that I think is really you're right. We just don't talk about it. And I don't even think sometimes we think to talk about it. I feel bad. I didn't talk to you about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just took it out on you. I just just silently resented you,
1: but, but, but I, I, I totally get it. And, and I think that this is, this is one of those, honestly, like, I think it's an expectation thing. Okay. So you never had a baby before. You don't really understand what it's going to do. And part of it is, like you said, you're just so tired and exhausted that you just need help and you're not getting the help and the support, even though that they probably feel like they're redoing everything that they can, you know. um.
0: I'm feeling useless at the same time. The other perspective too is that they don't, they don't know. They, especially the men in the beginning, the dads, they struggle, I think a lot more than we think they do in the beginning because- they feel like, what is their job? And their job is to take care of you.
1: Right. Right. You're right. You're right. And, and I think that they don't, they don't know that nobody talks to them about it either, probably. Right. Like yeah. it's not like they have this sit down thing. Okay. Let's have some beers and talk about what it's going to be like when you have a baby. Pretty sure <laughs>
0: they avoid that conversation. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> but, but I remember, so I remember having the same exact issue and I feel like, it's really hard. It, it's really hard on your relationship. You don't realize it until you're in the thick of it. I remember, so I had a C-section with Caleb with all of them. I remember just, I couldn't get around very well and I needed help. And I think my, am sure family members were over a little bit to help me, but Jason was just, I'm on vacation. So he's like playing video games. And I was so mad i was so mad and then so then we have nathaniel and i'm like okay this will be so much better because he learned last time what he did wrong gonna <laughs> do better no it didn't happen it was the same exact thing so with the third baby i was like i just won't count on him for anything <laughs> and then i at least i wasn't mad and angry about it yeah, you know yeah yeah <laughs> lowering that expectation so that at least it can be met. And then if he does something, yeah, you know, it was a lot easier when he had the other kids to help take care of, but still then, you know, it's, it's just, I don't really know how you do that except for, I remember Dr. Sears in one of his books, and he might've had a book for dads, which is probably really old. And I don't even know if it's published anymore, but I think it was in the baby book that he took some time and he actually talked to dads and told them kind of what to expect, you know, even like stuff about sex and stuff, you know, your wife isn't going to be ready for that (laughs) for a while, you know, like, and told them things that they can do to be helpful. And, you know, and I, I I am so glad that you brought up to how dads don't really know what to do. You know, I think that, They get really frustrated, not even just those first couple of weeks, but the baby basically needs you more than anything else, you know, and they don't always, they're not very happy sometimes when they're not with you, even if they're holding them. I think one of the best things that dads can do with newborns is just skin to skin because babies love that so much. And dads sometimes it's not their fault, but they don't, I don't feel like they have the intuition sometimes of, you know, like most of the time when you're holding a baby, We just naturally start swaying or moving in this rhythmic motion and things like that. They don't, I don't think that they get that. Or like if the baby starts seeing, we're sitting down and we can't get them to calm down or latch or whatever, we'll just get up and start walking them around. But dads are just, what's wrong? They just want you, (laughs) you know, they just want you. And it's
0: heartbreaking for them. I'm sure it's like, it's hard for them in their hearts to know that they- can't fix that problem or they can't make, you know, and I love what you said about the Dr. Sears book. And that was one of the things I was going to say is. You know, I remember in preparing for, for like labor and birth, if if I was going to get to have my labor and birth, you know, we were reading through books and a lot of it was what can the spouse do, you know, not so much acting like the doula, but if you don't have another support person at your birth, different positions and different things to try and how they can talk to you and pressure points they can put on and light massages and all these things that they can do to help support and encourage you. I think that the same preparation is incredibly invaluable for when the baby comes. And another thing is, uh, one of my girlfriends and Jill actually, you know, we were having a very similar conversation that we're having right now. And she had found this article of a woman who basically spilled it. She just explained to her, it was a letter to her husband about how she was feeling and what it was like and what breast, what, a, what a breastfeeding's mom mom's life looks like. And she let her husband read it. And it was like, if you can't find the words of your own, I think that there's nothing wrong. It is, it is really, really hard to explain. And honestly, there, most of the time in that period, I probably wouldn't have had the emotional and mental capacity to get through a conversation like that without being a blubbering mess. So it might be nice to have something that you can say, I love you so much. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. And I just, I've been wanting to try to explain to you how I'm feeling and how you can help. And here is, can you just read this? I just, there's no shame in that. And I'm no. sure there's a lot of uh, examples like that. And I, I will find that letter she sent me and I'll post it to the collective group. But
1: uh, can I, I, I I found my book and oh. I'm just going to go through like some of the quick little things, just the top titles. So it's, it's like role adjustments is what it says. And then, so some of the suggestions, and these are really good, kind of like to back piggyback what you just said, I think we need to have conversations with dads before we have the baby. You know, you probably have a better, hopefully after listening to this podcast, have a better realistic expectation of what life is going to be like when you have a newborn. And so maybe you can, you guys can talk about it and you know, like, oh, the baby is probably going to want me a lot. And that doesn't mean that the baby is not going to love you or whatever, but they're just That's just kind of how they're wired, you know, and I think that that kind of goes back to when babies first come out, even though they're separate from us, we're still like symbiotic. We have to be together almost for a while before that that separation kind of starts to gradually happen. And so um, talking to them about like, okay, I'm going to feed the baby. That's my job. Like, what do you think that you might like to have for your job? Is it giving the baby a bath? Is it getting the baby dressed and picking out their clothes, you know, like some actual things that they can do. Um, So some of these things keep the, keep the nest tidy. So like, you know, tidying up, which I know some of these are just not things that they really want to do, but being sensitive, understanding. And I don't think I, we're not, we are not prepared for the way that hormones are going to rock our world about day three. Okay. Yeah. And they aren't either, you know, like they have no idea what the heck is going I thought Brandon's hormones are bad. What in the heck is this? Yeah. Yeah. So, so being sensitive and letting them know I'm going to get really hormonal and I'm going to cry about everything. and I'm going to get mad at you for no reason. And just know, like, it's just, it's just kind of out of my control serving that serving mom. So like making sure she has plenty of water and something to eat and snacks, because we don't really, even though we have like nothing to do, but take care of the baby, we don't remember to eat in the beginning you yeah. know and it doesn't have to be a big meal it can just be like a handful of carrots and some cheese cubes and you know some fruit like and some nuts just a handful of something here and there guard against intruders so just keeping people you know being the Kind of the bad guy, which nobody wants to be that. But just trying to explain to people why you maybe don't want take charge of the siblings, be a gatekeeper against unhelpful advice. Mm-hmm. So like, respect the nesting instinct. Become a shareholder, which it just means you know they they just have they have some a special a special thing too, right? And then just proving themselves. <laughs> so you know, and I think that that too. You know, it's hard for us as new moms to be, the baby. they don't hold the baby like I do. That's not okay. You know, they have, and I'm like, no, you just have to let them figure it out. Like yes. as long as the baby's not in danger, which most of the time they're not, sometimes, you know, <laughs> that might mean you go for a walk around the block while dad does a diaper change. Cause you know, he's going to use a thousand wipes and it'll take 10 minutes, you know, when it could take you two, but that's just part of it. Right.
0: That is it's totally a thing like you are, you become, and you don't want to be judgmental or, you know, be negative about what they're doing. But yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. Changing the diaper, how they're feeding them, Whew, how they're changing their clothes, all, all the things. It's hard not to correct them. You know, it's hard, it's hard, <laughs> but it is really important, I think. And that's part of their bonding. It's, right. him, it's him, him figuring out the baby and the baby getting used to what daddy's
1: like. And you know what? We have to do the same. But yeah. you've never got a baby. Right. Like it's okay for you to stumble with some of that buttoning up the thing while the baby's legs are going everywhere. And you know, like it's okay for He needs to have that opportunity. And that's why I'm like, maybe it might be better if you just went and took a shower or something. And because then he doesn't feel the stress of you just watching him and waiting for him to make a mistake. And you don't have to be so frustrated by the baby's crying and I can do this faster. And you know those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. We, we probably will talk about this a little bit more too, like at another time, but just learning as much as you can about breastfeeding. I think a lot of moms focus on birth a lot. I remember specifically a Lelechi Lee meeting and the moms were like, I focus so much on birth. I, and it was such a short time compared to not spending enough time on learning about breastfeeding. And so don't be afraid to do that because knowledge is power, right? And so when you get into a place, even if you don't remember all the details, you will remember some of those things. And you, you need to have knowledge so that when you get in a situation where maybe there's an issue, you don't, you don't feel helpless and you don't have to be at, you can make a, an informed decision and you can, you can make these choices and feel like you're making good you're making like the best decision that you can. And and sometimes we don't have the opportunity to do that. All kinds of things happen where we don't have information and we feel like, okay, we just have to go with whatever it is. But if you can have some information that really can be really helpful. And I think the other thing too, that's probably the other biggest takeaway is find out what resources your community has before you have a baby. Okay. This is hard because there are a lot of resources in most communities. It just depends. Obviously, bigger cities are going to have more opportunity for you to, to get help. But there are so many, you know, like most of the time the hospitals have lactation consultants or maybe not a lack, not about maybe like a board certified lactation consultant, but they have lactation specialists. You know, they have people there that are more specialized or have more knowledge about breastfeeding. And sometimes they will do outpatient help, you yeah. know. You have La Leche League and Breastfeeding USA and some other organizations that are there for breastfeeding support, you know, and our La Leche League group has sadly disbanded, but we, I know I'm going to cry. Anyway, (laughs) they, some of the people have like taken over the group and made it a different group, but some online communities can be really, really helpful. I just think we have to be really careful about taking too much advice from things like that. Um, Just because a lot of times there's so much of a, especially if you're struggling with something, like there's a lot of backstory. And so, you know, if I have a mom who calls me and she wants to tell me what's going on, and then she wants me to give her advice, that's not really responsible for me as a lactation consultant to just go ahead and give her advice because there could be other things that are in their history that I need to know about to help her in the best way. And so, a lot of times you're just getting like a little piece of the puzzle. And you know, you want to make sure that that's one of the things I thought that was really great about the Lalache League group was the Lilache League post the leaders would post things, you know, that's kind of more of a, a really good answer. And I, moms are so full of knowledge, but just because one thing worked for one mom doesn't mean that it's going to right. be the answer for you. And so I just think we have to be really careful about where we decide to get our information online. And I think that I can give you some good resources that you can put in the podcast notes so that yeah. either this one or next one, like that we can, we can share with you guys. So, you know, there's, I said, support groups, there's support groups online. Hospitals, private practice lactation consultants. Those are sometimes a little bit harder to find. I think depending on how long they've been around. Some, some doctors' offices have lactation consultants in their offices now. You know, and I think that if you have questions, you don't always have to. I think you can do like Lilache League. They have an eight hundred number. Also, don't want you to forget about your local WIC client WIC um, office if you qualify for WIC because. I'm really lucky because I work in an amazingly breastfeeding supportive <laughs> office, but, and not all of them are like that, but you know, a lot of offices have breastfeeding resources and um, people that can help you peer counselors, especially. So, and,
0: you know, we touched on this one of last week we talked about finding the right support. So along with your, be careful of what you're listening to, or like what, what every advice you take online, I feel like, you know. It's hard to know unless you've maybe been a mother or you know a lactation consultant or you're familiar with that word, but it's hard to really know what you're looking for in a consultant. It's hard to really know what to expect. And I feel like so much of that goes back to your mother's intuition. And and if you're feeling like there's something going on between you and your baby and you can't figure out whether it's latch or there's supply or there's, let's say you believe there's a tongue tie and this lactation consultant is telling you that she doesn't see this or something, you know the point of me saying this is if you follow your instinct, if your instinct is telling you that you're not getting the right information, or there's something that's still up, it is okay to like, it's okay to vet them. It's okay to find somebody that fits you. Just like you search for a provider or a midwife or a doula or somebody that you want there to be support person. This is that person. I can't tell you, you know, obviously, well, it's just my sister, but I had another lactation um, consultant in Kodiak, and I can't tell you they were friends. They were emotional support. I needed, I cried in front of them. Like it was very intimate, very vulnerable moments. And so, you know, you need to find somebody I think that you can trust. So it's totally okay to, to part ways with somebody if you feel like it's not a good fit and and expect that maybe that's going to be the case. Don't just, don't just take what you get. If you feel like it's not working or you, you need, you need, you need some more support.
1: I agree. And I think too, like we need to remember that, Lactation consultants, and and I'm, it's really important to know that we are experts in breastfeeding, okay? Um, there, are, there are people that are not board certified IBCLCs. You want to look for that after their name. When you are looking for someone, These these other people that are CLSs, there's nothing wrong with it, but they just don't have to have the education and the experience, they can just take a course and they pass a test, which is really great because that information is really helpful. And, you know, you can still help people, but when you are having some issues, you really need somebody, some, some lactation consultants have to do a thousand hours of work before they can even sit for their exam. Okay. So that, that, Just like you want maybe go to a a midwife or an OB to have your baby because you don't want to go to your primary care doctor because you know that they're an expert in birth. Um, We need to think about that with lactation consultants. You know, pediatricians are not experts in everything, okay? And so there are, it's really unfortunate that doctors tend to not really get very much education about breastfeeding in uh, medical school and their residencies, for some people, it might only be like four or five hours. Okay. The CLSs are taking a course that's probably like 40 hours. And then lactation consultants are doing 90 hours, um, you know, every few years. And then all this hours of working with moms and babies and some other things. So just to kind of put it in perspective, because I think that there are, you need to talk to your doctor. Like if you don't have a pediatrician, like talk to your doctor and find out how As much as you can, just talking to someone like, are you breastfeeding supportive? Are you gonna, at the first time my baby doesn't gain like, you know, as much as what they're supposed to, are you gonna be making, telling me I have to supplement with formula? For some moms, that might be okay. For other moms, they're not gonna wanna do that. And you need to be able to say, you know, I don't wanna give formula. I wanna give breast milk. And are you gonna be okay with that? You know, supplementing with breast milk or the other thing I find with doctors. And I, I, this is like nothing against them. Okay. None of this stuff I'm saying, but obviously as a, as a lactation consultant, my main goal and priority is feed the baby. Then it's protecting your milk supply. Okay. Those are the two, two biggest things, but doctors and they care about the baby and they want what's best for the baby. But Sometimes when things start to go wrong, I think that they forget that if moms want to be breastfeeding, that breastfeeding is the best thing for the baby, if that's what mom wants. And and we can get really kind of like off onto this really far away path of breastfeeding. And it's really important to have a team of people helping you. It's not just the pediatrician it can be, it should be the lactation consultant and the pediatrician. And, you know, like depending on if there are other providers that really need to be, it needs to be a team effort because as much as I'm going to help you, you know, figure out what's going on with breastfeeding and how to help your baby. It's also my job to communicate with a doctor. I have a client that had like her baby, something something is wrong with her. Like the doc, she's two months old and no one's figured it out. And she probably has some swallowing issues and like, it's, it's really hard for mom and baby right now. And so, I mean, I wrote this super detailed physician, like report for the mom so that when she went to the doctor, because I'm spending two hours with that mom, I'm not spending 15 or 20 minutes. And so I'm going to see things that the doctor may not see or different things. And so it really needs to be a team effort. And, and the job, of the lactation consultant is always to help mom meet her goals for breastfeeding. So we might go off on this little, okay, maybe, you know, mom's got to go dairy free. So we're going to like come over here and we're going to maybe give a, maybe like a specialty formula or something, but then like, I'm, I gotta be over here saying like, okay, mom, you gotta be pumping and you gotta be not eating your dairy. And then like, okay, so the baby's going to be getting a bottle for a few weeks while she gets off of dairy. So then my job is to like, keep in touch with her and keep working with her to get her back to the path of breastfeeding, because that's what she wants. And so when we're just working with doctors, sometimes I think that that, that part of like getting back to breastfeeding and getting back on that path doesn't happen. And I, and I think that that then moms don't know what to do, right? Like, they go on this path and like it starts going farther and farther away from breastfeeding and I think they get so far sometimes they don't think it's even an option to get back breastfeeding like this mom who's not going to be breastfeeding for two weeks I feel pretty confident we can probably get her baby back to the breast but there's no guarantee (laughs) but I am going to try my hardest if she that's what she still wants to do yeah you know and and so there's just a lot of stuff that we don't when we just think about it and compartmentalize it, it, it's really hard. But if we can get this team together and lactation consultants can build relationships with doctors and, you know, people who do body work and, you know, tongue tie providers and all of this, it really should be this cohesive team that everybody's talking to. And a lot of times it's the lactation consultant that's the person that's kind of the go between because, you know. I'm referring to the guy that's doing the tongue tie release and I'm referring to, you know, here's some people for body work and, you know, letting the pediatrician know what's going on. So I just, I just think it's really important to let you guys know there's so much to it sometimes and sometimes it's not, but it's really, you know, to get good advice. And, you know, if you have, you worried about a tongue tie, talk to your provider, like even the lactation consultant, like I want to know how much experience you have with babies that have tongue ties. It's, it's, it's important. Like what kind of education do you have? Yeah. Because not everybody does it. And so many times I will feel like a baby has a tongue tie and then the mom goes, okay, well, I'll talk to the doctor at the next pediatrician appointment. And the doctor's, oh, the baby doesn't have a tongue tie. And so then like the mom just goes with what the doctor says and that's okay. I can't diagnose a tongue tie, but it makes me sad because I can't really help her that much. I mean, I can help her keep her milk supply up, but And, and I think that that's the struggle sometimes in all of this, like, you know, they have those letters (laughs) empty beside their name and then, you know, it just, it makes it hard. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but knowing where to go for good information is important.
0: And I think too, you know, to know that there really is quite a lot of resources and support out there. I think that, you know, going back to the whole, we don't do enough preparation, I think that's for a lot of reasons for most of the reasons we covered earlier, just about how in society things look for breastfeeding. And so hopefully information like this podcast, like why I think it's so important is because it is a reminder that there are these, all these things that are beyond the expectations that you might have and Yeah. Doing a little, doing, doing a little, doing as much research as you possibly can on top of everything, everything else that you are researching. And and it is a lot and it feels overwhelming. I mean, it really does. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. researching pregnancy, researching birth, you're researching like all the millions of products you're going to get for your baby and what you're most comfortable with. That was so overwhelming. And then you're, then you're, you know, you're, you're researching development of the baby and then you're doing all this. So it is a lot, but you'll never, ever regret. I don't think ever, preparing yourself in that way. But this, the simple value of really knowing, like you said, where to go if things go awry.
1: I was going to say, I think, I think that most hospitals that are delivering hospitals have a resource list in, you know, the, remember the folder, you get a folder when you leave the hospital and it has a million pages of different things inside of it. And I think most of the time it has a resource, a breastfeeding resource list in it. I know our hospitals do that. But moms, I mean, you just see the folder and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't even, (laughs) you know, like you just get the birth confirmation letter out and okay, this is what the insurance needs or whatever. But other than that, it just kind of sits because it's overwhelming. But a lot of times, or you could even like in your research, maybe start out by calling the hospital and saying, Hey, do you guys have a local breastfeeding resource list? Hey, great. Can you mail that to me? You know, or send me a copy in my email or whatever. Like that could be, that could be really easy, you know? Um, So maybe it won't take as much time as what we think.
0: Well, and I think that I know we talked about like being careful about the, the the information that we choose to like really ingest or let us influence or like taking on the opinions. However, I think that we're in an age right now where Facebook groups and, yeah. and of course, Instagram too, certain, um, certain accounts like Facebook groups are really, really helpful. If you can go ahead and start yeah. tapping into those mom groups you can start asking like, you know, can yes, does anyone I have agree. a lactation consultant that they really love or, um, any other research, you know, any of that. And then when things happen, you know, it's like, you know, exactly where to go. And right. a lot of times you end up getting lots and lots of responses. And, um, yeah. I think
1: if you do that, one of the best things that you could do to me, if you have a lot of responses, maybe PM people and say, what, what did you like about this person? Or, you know, what, because, because lots of people have different personalities and we're not always a good match, you know? And so, or, you know, like they might tell you, oh, my baby had a tongue tie and they were really awesome or, you know, like not or whatever. So,
0: yeah, I agree. (sighs) Okay. Well, so uh, (laughs) I know I'm definitely gonna have to split it into two episodes, which is totally fine. No, I, it is such, it is just, I mean, like, I feel like I can talk about birth and pregnancy the same way, oh, but
1: we should probably um, be another 12 hours. <laughs>
0: just yeah, no, we had planned a part two and my thought was that this was going to be an hour the part two would be an hour, but, um, it is what it is. And I think we got a lot of really amazing information out. So. That's okay. It just means that I have, we just have more, we already have, we have so much prepared. So what you guys can expect is that in one of the next episodes, part two of Alicia and I's conversation is really going to be about really preparing you, like what you can do to prepare, what can you do to prepare your expectations? What can you do to prepare your body? Like, you know, there's a few things I suppose, but you know, what what can you do to put yourself in the best position possible? And then also we really want to touch on you know, we want to have, we want to have a little bit of a heart to heart with you moms that have struggled and kind of talk, talk through some of that. Mm-hmm. So that'll be in part two. um And
1: probably some like what's normal and what's not normal when you're getting started with breastfeeding, because I think that that's like really important.
0: Yes, for sure. Yeah. There's always so many questions in the beginning, even before, like, how is this supposed to feel? What's yeah. Like you said, what's normal. So we're going to cover all of that in part two. Alicia, I know that I'm going to like give you the opportunity to, to share this probably every episode we do, but I feel like you should take the opportunity to explain to everybody what area you serve so that somebody wants to get, gets, if they just heard you and loved you and they want to get a hold <laughs> of you and they want you to be their personal lactation consultant, can you tell them about like what area you're serving and how they can get a hold of you?
1: Um, you can get a hold of me at nourishlactation.net. And, um, I am serving probably the, um, mid I'm, I'm, I'm serving like North of Indianapolis. I have like probably an hour and I have done some visits in Indianapolis too. So Indy would probably be the farthest South. I would go and Lafayette. And then there's a lot of smaller communities too around here. And then Kokomo probably would be the other big, bigger city.
0: What are you offering as far as like remote visits right now because of this life we are living? I mean, I feel like that opens up, that opens up kind of it a does. lot for you it and for, for everyone listening.
1: So I'm doing virtual com- consultations. I have a lot of different consultations really available for very simple, like non-complicated things, like maybe your baby's biting or something like that, or Sarah's rolling your eyes flashbacks um, you know I'm more like teething kind of biting but you know just random maybe they're just doing some really annoying thing that you cannot stand like twiddle, I twiddling, like twiddling. Ugh. anyway like <laughs> for me that that was uh, a hard stop thing whatever I have like 30 minute consultations I have some 60 minute consultations for home visits I am like requiring a virtual consultation first so that um, we can kind of minimize time together, but we can still evaluate breastfeeding and weight transfer. I'm just kind of like doing in-person visits, kind of on an as-needed basis, depending on the situation. Okay. So.
0: Cool. Perfect. There you have uh, it, people.
1: I, I hope you lucky. enjoyed being we out of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I yes, I, they had to. have. I'm 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 super excited to to like <clears> to edit <throat> and publish this one. I'm really pumped about it. Seriously. I mean, I get excited about all of them, but I know you do. uh, I just think that this is just holy cow. I just think that this is just invaluable. I mean, I just wish that I would have listened to a podcast just like this, this episode, truly before. I mean, really, like I can't imagine, I can't imagine how different potentially the experience would have been if I would have if I would have had that. So We, we did our best, guys, and we gave you as much as we could, and we've got lots more coming. So
1: <laughs> anyway, I
0: can hear Miles screaming, so I'm going to go relieve okay, go. Can you hear him? No. Can you hear him? Okay. All right. I love you so much, and you.
1: we shall talk soon. All right. Bye, everybody.
0: Hey, mamas, before you peace out. If what you just heard inspired you, made you feel like you've got a new BFF, or simply reminded you of another mama, please share this episode or the podcast, and be sure to tag me if you share it on social. My hope is to touch as many of you as possible and drive this mama-led movement. If you're with me, and I know that you are, please take a minute and leave a review. Hearing from you makes my heart so happy, and your review could encourage another mama in need to hop on this journey with us. So... Let's make a pact. I'll bring the fire, and in return, you help me strengthen our mama collective. So we may together make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. Let's get it, mama.